It's a comedian. Yeah. He is. <laughs> no, not joking. Hello and welcome back to That Just James Show with me, Just James, alongside my producer, Salvatore Bacconi, aka the Italian Stallion. And today we've got a very special guest. Come on. <laughs> my man. Come on. Baba Tunde Aleshe. Come on. How'd I pronounce that? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect, man. Perfect. Yeah. We're, yeah. Just, uh, we're just reminiscing about sort of being part of the UTC family. Yeah. Yeah, man. Probably the most road... Or the agency out there, would you reckon? <laughs> Based on the stories we were just sharing. Bruv, yeah. I don't think they really thought it through when they picked certain people, man. <laughs> yeah, they're surprised, like, how roads... But you know what the joke thing is? Before, I was, like, calm, in it, But slowly but surely, like, me, my personality, my true self has, like, come to the forefront. And as, as road as I am, I'm, I'm a sweetheart, bro. Like, See, you know? I would say... <laughs> do you know what? I would say, like... With you, is like, I can see that you've got, you know, you've got that under the surface. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you're a guy that I wouldn't want to fuck about with. Nah, man. Nah, man. Nah, I'm cool, man. But I know you got that. I've got, I know you've probably got that. You've got that notch to you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 100%. But you're the funny guy, you know, you're the, you're Mr. Gogglebox. Yeah, <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, for those of, people that, that that don't know who is who is Baba Tunde um well yeah stand-up comedian uh now tv personality yeah uh husband father all-round bad boy no 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 just yeah but yeah stand-up like comedian actor as well actor. I, got, I got yeah I got some acting credits under my belt you know what I mean so yeah that's you like the acting I love the act that's my first like love didn't you go, you went to, you studied acting. Yeah, Central, Central Central, schools, yeah. so a fucking top yeah. acting school. Massive one. I was in school with um, Kit Harrington. I always say that. But yeah, I was in, um, me and Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones, Jon right. Snow. Yeah, we were in the same class, Jeez. man. Yeah, a few others, Paula Lane and um, my brother Neat Mohan, who's in Casualty. And Paula, she was in Coronation Street. So, yeah, like so is acting your first love over stand-up? Comedy is my first love, but stand-up, sorry, acting was the thing that I wanted to do. Mm. And then it was just like, when I when I looked at like the people that I looked up to, like Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, yeah, they did stand-up. They, so I was just yeah. like, all right, I'll do stand-up as well. I just wanted to follow in their footsteps, you know what I'm saying, in terms of like getting to what I wanted to do like as a young man. When so, was your first gig? 2003. 2003? That yeah, was, yeah, bro. Yeah, 2003. November the 26th, Croydon Clock Tower. Yeah, yeah. Big crowd? Smallish, probably like 150 people in the crowd. Oh, mate, it's still fucking yeah, 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 pretty yeah, big. Yeah, five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. As a 17-year-old, did that. And um, yeah, I haven't stopped. Do you know what? Because what would you call it? I'm always like conscious of like not calling it the wrong thing, whether you'd call it the urban circuit or the black circuit, whatever. But black circuit. Black circuit. I would call it the black circuit. The black, black circuit, yeah. Because yeah. I called it the urban circuit once, right? Yeah. I remember I, I referred to it as the urban circuit, like just like nothing meant by it, right? And then this French girl come up to me after this gig once. She was like, 
that's racist. You no, know, it's not racist. racist. And I was it's like, I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, yeah, that's. And I was, I left the no. gig thinking I was gonna get fucking cancelled. You know, I love the fact that you can say anything's racist to white people and they believe it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's so true. If you call a white person racist, that's like saying the n word to us. <laughs> like, like, like we fucking, yeah. we can't handle it. Oh, no, like, no, 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 I'm not racist. Mate. Yeah, mate. That yeah. holds such power. <laughs> Calling white person racist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, so the black circuit, but the black mm. circuit is like, it's all, I don't know, it always seems to be like such big shows, yeah. so many bigger people, venues, yeah, bigger yeah. venues. Yeah, because we don't have clubs. We don't have the luxury of like having a club, like a weekly club. So our thing's like more like monthly based. Yeah. Do you understand? So that draws a bigger crowd. So then we have to like hire like Hackney Empire, which is like the hub of like, British black comedy, um, Hackney Empire and like other, you know, big venues and stuff. Like I did the Indigo O2 like way before I did like Hammersmith Apollo. So sometimes when people talk to me and they're just like, oh yeah, you know, it's a big crowd out there tonight, you know, 500 seat. I'm just like, 500, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like trying to play it off. Like I've done that, you know what I mean? So yeah, man. Mate, because when I see, because when I was first signing with UTC, I was like, oh, we've got tickets, go see Mo at, you know. Adam yeah. Smith Apollo, do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, like trying to play it cool. Of course I want to go, you know what I mean? And I love the show for one, you know, they got the DJ. Everyone's up there. I'm like, this is a this is a fucking atmosphere, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I've never been to a comedy show like this before. People were like, it's almost like being in a nightclub a bit. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I was there with my mate Luke and you were supporting him. Okay. He was obviously supporting Mo. And mate, honestly, yeah. like... It was like it was your fucking show. You oh, absolutely destroyed. I blessings, my dear. And I, I remember saying to my mate Luke, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a support act smash it that hard. Oh, bless. Even to the point, I was like, that's going to be fucking hard for Mo to, to follow. Oh, is it? Like, you absolutely. Oh, blessings. Now, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd heard, you know, I knew you were signed with UTC and I'd heard a lot of good things. Um, And I'd actually seen you do the... The blackout and the the comedy store King Gong. Oh snap! Yeah, <laughs> I'd see you do it. I went I went to watch with some friends. That's back in the day, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I remember you you done it, and there was Lee Hudson was on that night. Yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, he's he's great then. Um, but then to see you over like that twenty minute period, yeah, mate. It, oh, bless. It me. was like I was see, I was like that show was mate, special. So talented. Yeah, that show was special. The um Hammersmith one because. I remember there was a few nights, but the one that they filmed, bruv, like when they announced my name and I came out, like just hearing the crowd like cheer, I was like, oh snap. Like it just like you said, I felt like, oh snap, is this my show? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Man. it was dope, but like that was amazing for like Mo to bring me in on that. To yeah. That whole experience, doing that whole tour, like supporting him. Just that experience alone, I'm like mad grateful for because, bro, I learned a lot, bro. Like watching him, like he stagecraft, the way he like handles it and like how he handles fame. That was the thing that I was amazed by because like, yes, we're doing what we, we've done for years, but now it's a different thing for him, especially because it's like, you're at the top. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're the king right now. And like watching how he handles that, like week in, week out when we're going to different cities. I was just what like, just like say for example if you're going out for dinner or whatever going out for, wherever he went bro like 
I remember once we went to a sneaker convention, like just trying to get some trainers, bro. This is like in the middle of the tour. Bruv, he's got a mask on. He's just like, oh man, I just need some air. Boom, he's took off his mask within three seconds. He's got like a massive crowd around him. And I was nice. just like, I was like, that's mad, bro. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. How do you deal with that? Uh, bro, he, he's pretty chill about it though, isn't he? Uh, Whenever I've been around him, he's pretty chill. And yeah. Like, just nice to pay for and that. Yeah, man. Great what time. did you take? I mean, that, that tour, obviously supporting Mo on his last tour, like you're doing Hammers, Hammersmith Apollo for what, three nights? Ten. Ten? Ten sold out nights. Was it <laughs> ten? Ten. Fuck ten. me, mate. Yeah, ten sold out nights. <laughs> mate. <laughs> and every night. People that ain't been Hammersmith rammed. Apollo, yeah. it is so big. It's massive. It's like a little arena in like, in fucking in this theatre. Yeah. So other than the people that were like sitting down, at the very back, it was just, rammed with people standing up just yeah. absolutely rammed and that's the one of the craziest like venues i've ever performed at. like i'm honored to perform there because you know the history like, you don't just perform there you've done 10 nights there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like just the the his, history of that the history venue. yeah it, it's special there mate like i um because obviously they give us the nice passes when we went and uh, that was in like some snazzy bit. Mm-hmm. And me and my mate was like, let's go up and drink there because like, we were never drinking it. It was just me and him in there. <laughs> and we, he was like, do you want to go there? But we, I was looking at all the things on the walls and there's like Ed, Ed Sheeran and all these just iconic artists. Yeah. And I'm just like, Mo's done so well. I mean, <laughs> 10 nights, I didn't know it was as many as 10 nights. Ten that nights. That yeah. is that's unbelievable yeah, to be honest. But I remember watching you, I'm thinking, you were so at home up there. Oh, I don't know man. how many nights of that 10 it was into, mm. but you were like, did not phase you one bit. Oh, bless, man. You I'm know. glad to hear that because I'm not going to lie to you. I remember every time I did um, that um, Hammersmith, I felt as though I never worked the stage well. And that's why I was always like every night I'd watch Mo because I was just like, what is he doing that I'm not doing that I'm not feeling comfortable? Because yeah. I'm saying the jokes and yes, I'm getting the laughter, but I'm not feeling comfortable with when to move and when not to move because it's such a huge stage. Yeah, It's just like, oh God, I've got to remember to look up at the, those lot. All right, make eye contact there. All right, move over there to like, emphasize like perform this it's joke it's a different ball game it's a, yeah, performing a, in the yeah, clubs yeah I mean, yeah I, it's different to that so when I supported yeah. Sean Walsh on tour and the tour wasn't as big as probably the venues that, that Mo was doing mm. but exactly that like I was watching Sean he's comfortable performing in theatres he's using that whole space mm. and by the end of the tour I I was trying to use it a bit more but it still wasn't that natural to me because yeah. I'm used to being in a club where there's I've got probably about two meters wide, yeah. you know, and I'm, if I'm fucking jumping here, there and everywhere, yeah. then I'm going to be in the second row. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that is, that is a massive thing. But actually one thing I thought when you perform, I can remember you really using that space. So maybe it was on a night where you'd, you know, you'd watch. comfortable, my, isn't it? Yeah. yeah and you're yeah. Try, trying it out a bit more, but even it doesn't feel that comfortable when you first start walking. Nah. 10 metres, that side of the stage, that sort of stage, yeah. it feels almost a little bit reckless. Yeah, it does. Because usually when you're in a, on a club setting, you're very together and you're, mm. you've you got to keep it, you know, even contained if you've got like to keep that, it contained. Yeah. And even if you are a physical comedian, you've got to make sure you, you've yeah. got to keep it contained. Yeah. 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 
do you think yeah. um like doing those gigs on the black circuit to those you know those big rooms those sort of like big sellout shows do you think that was good preparation for yes. those kind of gigs and and like how do those gigs differ i mean i mean it'd be interesting to find out how the the sort of black circuit compares to what people would call like the mainstream, mainstream circuit yeah. in general i think the the best thing that i got out of doing the black circuit is the fact that it allowed me to be myself to find my voice before i started doing the mainstream because i can imagine just reflecting on like how it was if i had just gone straight to like mainstream i would have been like well who am i oh i've got to adapt to what you want from mm. rather than me coming in with like that london you know inner city attitude that i that i had that I have from like my time just living and just doing like, you know, like stand up on the black circuit because it allowed me to find my authentic voice with a crowd of people that understand exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And then when I moved over now, or when I started doing uh, mainstream gigs, I started to kind of like hide because I'm thinking, okay, let me be the intellectual, and I'm not no intellect. Like just, like, you know, just like we were talking about before. It's like I ain't no intellect, bro. I'm like a a, a black young guy from the sh the ends, bro. I'm from Tottenham. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And not like the outskirts. I'm from the hood, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm from where man were getting shanked and shot and all those type. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, and and so I can't deny that for nobody do you understand so mm. like now i'm so comfortable with just like really really talking to people how i talk you know what i mean and and yeah like all my experiences just bringing them to like my comedy because of my time on the black circuit so it was good for me you know what i mean i think it was good for me because i'm i'm black yeah does that make sense i think the line's sort of blurring more now isn't it between, it is yeah between yeah. the back and that's so good to see that there's a lot more crossover now and it's not as like isolated and yeah i've seen a lot of black comics who used to exclusively perform on the black circuit mm -hmm. now being accepted by the bigger agencies and recognized for like how talented they actually are mm. you know it's i nice mean to see. obviously prime one at utc slim oh he was the king like, he i mean I, I tell people now, I've never, there's not many funnier comedians I've yeah. seen. They're, he's he's right up there for yeah, me. He is. He's unbelievable. Yeah. And when I tell him that, I go, Sim, man. Like, and I say, I say it probably too much to him because like, I'm honestly blown away by how good he is yeah. at the and, art and stand up. The, and, and you see, the thing is, he was like that from back in the day. Right. And that's the thing I think we're all so proud of him, especially us on the black circuit, is because. We've been saying Slim, like he's been the king on the black circuit for since forever. Yeah. Every, like he was shutting it down. I remember there's been some, oh man, if only they recorded like every single show because there's <laughs> been some shows that you would, if you watch them, just even the footage, you'd be like, how the hell did we not know that this existed or yeah. like this was happening? Like I've seen Kane Brown, Slim. There was a comedian back in the day called Kwaku. When I mean shut the place down, I'm talking people are jumping out of their seats laughing. Yeah. Like there's, because you know how black people are. We don't just laugh. We've got <laughs> we to like, this before, yeah. <laughs> like black people, we got to make noise. We got to like hit our friends and be like, blah, did you hear that? Like, like man are jumping out of their seats, running around, like just laughing. Like 
and like when you see a whole crowd do that, like the reaction just from a joke. Oh, Mate, man, yeah. there's limbs everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah, because you know, black people, we got a... <laughs> yeah. Because I've, 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 uh, for some reason, I've been booked for quite a few black gigs in the past. Oh, sick. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. I don't know, you know. I don't know. I, 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 I've, I've seems to have had, yeah, quite a few in the past. I'm not sure whether it's something about my act that they've you know, gravitating towards. Yeah, I think maybe. it's because it's like you're just a lot. They get it. You're you're like a local guy. You know what I'm saying? You're not mm -hmm. trying to like shy away from that kind of. Maybe it's the like the working class type of understanding of like life and things that they probably. Yeah, I think because I'm maybe, a bit edgier maybe. as well. You yeah, know, and it's just like I think so. But yeah, go, going back to Slim, like mm. it. Uh, whenever I go to him, I go, mate, like I just want you to know, <laughs> you are one of the best I've ever seen do this. And he's like, he's like, yeah, Josh, I've been doing it for like thirty years, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like he will brush it so, off. Yeah, yeah. But he's such a character. I mean, I remember we'd done the gig up the creek, and like, he's not in there watching the acts. He's out there. He's got a drink. He's talking to yeah. all the bar, all the bar staff, like. If he weren't a comedian, like he's just such a character yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's also <laughs> what makes him great. Yeah. Um, but he's he is unbelievable. He's like our, our Mickey Flanagan, right? You know. I was just about yeah. to say that. He's our Mickey Flanagan. Yeah, and yeah. I, very, I would almost say quite a similar, almost like a similar style to Mickey Flanagan. Kind, yeah, you know? yeah. Like I, I would put him, I would say, I'll put him in the same league as Mickey Flanagan. Hundred percent. You know, I'll put, and I'll put people up there, like, I, I give quite a bit at Top Secret, Paul Chowdhury. Yeah, yeah. Paul Chowdhury, just unbelievable. Like, when you do stand up, you get a bit uh, insensitive to it. Like, not a lot makes you laugh. Yeah. Paul yeah. Chowdhury, Slim, Mickey Flanagan, they still make me laugh yeah. as if I'm a new... Like, barely laughing at it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Sorry, what was the second part to your question? How those gigs prepared you for the bigger gigs, those black gigs, performing, oh, yeah. performing in those rooms. And also just like um, how how the circuit sort of how the black circuits changed as well, like how it sort of adapted over time. It, you know what? I think I'll talk for me. I was scared of doing the mainstream gigs. Really, I was yeah, I was scared because I thought no one would understand me. I thought people wouldn't be able to like relate to like who I am as a person because. I don't know, man, like in this country, you just feel like when you're from like ends, you feel mm. left out. You feel like they don't want to know about what's going on around here because every time we try and express ourselves, whether it be through music or any type of arts, it's kind of like labeled as dangerous kind of thing. Obviously, mm. like rightly so, because if a man's talking about killing like 10 people on a track. Drill. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, it does yeah. make sense. But like, I don't know, like, I just, I, I was scared. I honestly was scared. I was thinking, oh man, they're not gonna find me funny, da da da. And then once I started seeing like people like um, Ola, Ola, um, Ola the Comedian doing it, Nabil, Nabil Abdul Rashid, um, Dane Baptiste. Once I started seeing them, Marlon Davis as well, he was like, probably the first one from our circuit to go over out of the young ones. Once I kind of saw them go over and make a name for themselves. I mean, Marlon Davis made a huge name Don for himself. Apollo, yeah, he, he did. Yeah. And he made such a name for himself early on. And I was just like, okay, if he, if he can do it, I'm going to have a crack at this. It's possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 
then started dabbling with it and doing the gongs and like you you know little um uh, uh open mic kind of things just mm. you know testing the waters getting my name out there and then hit junglers anyone that knows about junglers how that kind of collapsed started doing junglers was a regular uh for them for a few years and then obviously that whole collapse happened to anyone who doesn't know what jungle is, <laughs> like explain it to the to, to the audience. So Jonglers was a Jonglers comedy club. They were a a um a weekend comedy night. They had clubs in a lot everywhere. of locations, yeah, everywhere in, in people used to make a living just from working for Jonglers alone. Hundred percent. And then they split, became Jonglers and Highlights, and then God knows what the hell happened, but it, the business collapsed and um We'll leave it there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> sort of notorious for being quite rowdy gigs, you know. Yeah, definitely. Like, like from what I've heard, I've, I've never went to Watford, a Portsmouth. Yeah, they sort of just <laughs> yes. attracted stag dudes. Some... Watford, Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those names. The, can, the Watford you just, one. You don't even know to know where it is. You just know that's yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watford and Portsmouth. Yeah. The Watford gig was woohoo. That was in um, Tiger Tiger. Did you ever feel like going into some of them atmospheres, for example, like Portsmouth, like as a black man? Nah, did man. Did you ever like, nah. you know, nah. think it was going to be tough? Nah, 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 nah. And well, tough in terms of them, um, how they're going to perceive. But not, not, ra- not like racially. Nah, nah I nah. never thought that. Never thought that. And I never thought that, you know, anyone would try and like abuse me or anything, like, like shout abuse or anything. Nah. I didn't think that. But I just thought they might not. Find, all, my whole thing was they might not find me, but they, they just ain't gonna. And I was scared. I talked myself out of a lot of gigs because of that. I was just like, man, it's just gonna be like this guy's crap. And I didn't know where that came from. You understand? Until I kind of like really just started doing more and more gigs, and just just finding out that actually the mainstream crowds are probably the best crowds because they just want you to be come with funny. They don't yeah. care about black white this or that tell us a joke like Mm. tell us a joke that's funny be smart with it and even if you're not like too smart or anything what's funny about you yeah all this black 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 stuff they don't care they they really do not care and that's why i love mainstream crowds i do love black crowds but with black crowds it's more on tell us about us we want to we want to hear what goes on in our households in our neighborhoods that kind of thing. And they, obviously I love that too, because that's what I, you know, grew up doing. But yeah, yeah sometimes your experiences, when you live a little, you want to kind of like start talking about other things. And I, I started noticing when I would do jokes that would work on the mainstream crowd, they wouldn't work on the black crowd. And I was just like, we got a problem here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, what, I mean? what kind of jokes would they be? Like for example, what was what's like a premise that wouldn't work for you in front of a black crowd that oh, would work for a mainstream crowd? Literally, I can't think of a premise right now. But anything that's not got to do with either being African or Caribbean, at the, but this was at a certain point right, in right, time. Right. It's different now. Yeah, but at a certain point in time, they wanted to hear the African accent. They wanted to hear about their heritage. They wanted to hear those things, you know, and. I remember I did, oh man, I did a show and I was just doing like main, like my mainstream material, mm. got nothing. Really? And then a, a guy went up and he literally spoke in an African accent from start to finish and they were rolling. <laughs> and, and, the, and you know what? 
Big up, yeah. But like to a comic with a certain understanding of like comedy structure, you would have looked at that and said, there wasn't a joke in there. No, there wasn't even a premise. Yes, Do you understand? There wasn't a premise. There wasn't a setup. There wasn't nah. a punchline. He just spoke. Yeah. I think I know the actor. No, <laughs> no, but understand, understand like I, I have nothing against it. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying once you start to get like into that understanding, you would have looked at that and yeah, been like, that yeah. was uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, mate, I've had this like, obviously with being from Essex and say like, I do like an Essex gig as I call yeah. it, right? Um, I know sometimes like I can make, I could destroy that room, but it'll all just be jokes are all a little bit filth and all this and that, you know what I mean? But I know it's not good comedy. Oh, right, right. You know, you so exactly, I can, to I can totally, yeah. I can totally relate to that. But sometimes when you're in that atmosphere, you got to think, I know it's not good comedy, Wait, but what, they what, just what got what they want on yeah. a Saturday night. 100%. You know. That's when my perspective of like started to change because I started seeing that sometimes you have to go into spaces and work the room the way they yeah. want it to be. The, the job is to make people laugh. Make them laugh, get your money and go about your business. Mm. Whether you said something that was like mind-blowingly like genius, who gives a flying toss? So as long yeah. as you gave them what they want, they had a good time, that's it. Because I've been, I mean, <laughs> it goes back to our conversation at the beginning, but I've been backstage with comedians and, you know, you'll hear comedians going back and forth about like the type of comedy they like or the type of comedy they like seeing from other comics and sometimes I'm just like yeah that, but that's your preference I'm not here for you to impress you I'm here to impress the audience yeah so regardless of how you feel I went out there and I smashed it according to the audience yeah. so you with your little intellect and all of that yeah. you got like five no but you know what i'm saying it's like you got yeah. like five like laughs yeah 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 and you're pissed about that so now you want to be like well that's not comedy bro it's subjective subjective and sometimes yeah. you just got to work the room the way the room wants to be worked i think it's about finding a balance for it me. is it's have like, material for like every yeah you know, I mean? you know about finding a balance of like yeah of being funny giving the crowd a bit what they want without being too obvious you know what I mean? What one question I was going to ask you is, you was talking a bit earlier about you know you coming from Tottenham, yeah, and that you are road. You know what I mean? You are from the streets. Do you ever like worry that obviously this this audience that you're building now through your goggle box, um, you know, <laughs> and and your TV work, that like, you know, if they was to come watch you live, are you? Are you second guessing yourself about the material, or, or, or you know, are you a bit afraid to show them that that side of you, or, or is that no. something that you relish? I relish it, man. I don't, I don't mind people coming with a perception and then seeing the reality of what like I do because of the fact that I'm. I think it's relatable. Mm. You know what I mean? It's relatable. The things that I, I talk about now, anyway, because I, you know, I'm a normal guy. Yeah, <laughs> I may come. I may like seem to people like to be like oh he's this nice you know guy yeah he goes to church he's married blah 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 he's got a son da, 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 da. like but nah man i mess up a lot <laughs> yeah. yeah we all do mate <laughs> you get me and yeah man I we uh yeah. we was cracking up we was watching gogglebox i think it's the last yeah. series and you said that what'd you say <laughs> so i think someone had a fajazzle 
Okay. <laughs> she said it was like sprinkles. Oh, do you yes. remember that? I do, yeah. Oh, yeah. mate, we was creasing up in there. We were laughing so much. Yeah. When you filmed that with Mo, you said that's that's not your house. It's something else. Yeah, that's rented. Yeah. Yeah, they tried to film it at mine. and You were like, nah. No, Polly. Polly, our manager. Oh, really? Yeah, Polly was just like, hell to the no. What, she <laughs> said, no, don't film it at yeah, yours? Yeah, she was like, don't film it. Because of how they film it, it just draw too much attention. Because there's like trucks and... To the house. Yeah, trucks outside. Yeah. Big wires coming through the house and things like that. And I've got a child, so the filming lasts for like three hours but in terms of setup and everything it's it's like eight hours and so it's just too disruptive and you're you're sitting there for three hours watching tv yeah sitting there for three hours mate that's a fucking good job though isn't it it's a great job but it's it's yeah it's a great job but if it's filmed at your house man you gotta have a nice location like denise van out and she does it at her house but she's minted yeah so she's got a whole like compound you know what i'm saying so yeah bring the truck yeah yeah it's cool yeah it's fine but I live on a normal road, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Roadblock. You know what I mean? I don't want man to come and be like, yeah, what's, well, that's your house, yeah? All right. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. I've seen the insides. <laughs> Coming to Jackie like that. Yeah, you come home one day from fucking Tesco's. And yeah. In the, house. <laughs> the house is cleaned out. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's wicked. Mm. Oh, mate. It's so good, like, seeing you do it. It's inspiring, you know, to watch someone else who's obviously with the same agent do them doing what you've done, you know, going on a tour support with Mo and, and and seeing you, like seeing your development, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you've been with him a few years now, haven't you? Yeah, I've been with him a few years, man. And I remember I told Mo this story, it was jokes. Like, I remember when um when Mo was kind of like building up his name and like, I think he was his first, no, when he started doing Big Nasty and I was still at work, I was still working at, um. Transport, transport for London. TFL, yeah. I was working. You on like, the tube? No, I was in the office. Oh, was like, Yeah, replying to customers and stuff. So I remember I sat there and they just split up like my team. So like all my good, good friends from like, you know, the uh, like, from work, they'd all gone off to like other departments. Some have even left. And so I was just literally there by myself and I was just like thinking about like the success Mo's having, like all my friends, they've gone off. And I was just like, am I going to be like, Am I never gonna make it? Am I, is this me for the rest of my life? And I remember I sat there, and like a week later, Mo was just like, "Yo, come on my podcast, man! Like, let's have a chat." And at this point, I had stopped doing comedy. Really? So I was, yeah, I stopped. Was doing... you with UTC at the time? I wasn't. No. Like when you see the when I did his podcast, yeah, I I had just joined. Just joined UTC. Just joined. So he was just like, "Yo, come on the um." podcast i think i was just like a few months back into stand-up yeah and because i was trying to make a little bit uh, money on the side so he's like yeah come on the podcast man let's have a chat and then he asked me to do to be your tour tour support and then life changed from that day when he asked life literally bang crazy mate i've listened to that podcast a couple times yeah so good if you if after this one guys go it's cool it's um mo money mo Mo, money mo Mo problems problems, right mo gilligan's podcast and i listened to it because you talk a lot a lot about your journey in there and at the end he's like do you want to come out and tour with me yeah yeah yeah. you're like you're like what (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna say no to that (laughs) i think he was like you serious yeah he's like yeah do you want to come out and you were like, yeah, thank you yeah, so much. Yeah. And I, I've listened to that twice because I'm like, I, I know 
stuff like that, like how much it fucking means to you, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he hates some... it. He hates it because I thank him all the time. Yeah. Like just out of nowhere, I'll just call him and be like, he'll be like, yeah, bro, how you doing, man? Da, da, da. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say thank you, bro. I love you so much. He's like, oh, get off my phone, man. He'll just drop the phone because he's just like, he's tired of me saying nothing. But I really am grateful. Like my, like, Things have changed for the better. Do you feel like you got a lot of work off the back of supporting him on tour? Hundred and ten percent. Because you're Mo Gilligan's tour sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mo's friend, as they like to call me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't mind, bro. I don't mind, man. You know what I mean? But it's, it's dope, man. Like, I really am. He is such a good person. Yeah, he's like, a great person. Such a good person, bro. You know what I mean? He's helped me massively. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just I don't really know why, to be honest. Yeah. But just, just fucking nice geezer. Yeah, just has yeah. helped me out a lot. Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why I went with UTC. Mm. It's because he was saying nice things about me. And uh, yeah. Isn't it funny? Just some people just nice to you. Yeah. Like, yeah I don't you know get, I, mean? <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't get why. Yeah. But yeah, fucking top guy. Yeah. Um, so we was talking about in the car. And Josh was just fault, wasn't he? Oh. Mm. Yeah. Did you, uh, what did you think of the... The post match, I said to him in the car, I was like, Hold this chat because I've got a lot to say on this. So, initially, when we first when I watched it live, I thought, Oh, he's losing it like mentally. Mm. I was like, oh, Okay, he's having a mental breakdown, which he was. But then, afterwards, when I watched it and I understood it, because someone I think Sky Sports released like an uncut, like raw footage. And, and like they literally followed him from when they announced that Yusuke could retain these um, belts, and you can see the wheels and everything like uh, AJ processing everything at the time. And so what I saw was someone who was really determined to achieve something, mm. never did it, and he couldn't compute. He just mm. could not function afterwards, yeah. and. Because when he grabbed the belts, you can see he's just like, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. Then he chucks them. Then he goes back. And then he thinks that the trainer said something to him. So then he flips. And then he goes out. He looks at the crowd. He's like, what then? Come on then. But then he checks himself and he's just like, I'm messing up. Yeah. Goes back in yeah, the ring yeah. and tries to correct himself. And even with his speech, yeah. what he was trying to say was, because you know that bit, that interaction exchange between him and Yusik. And he's just like, um, how did you beat me? How did you beat me? What he was actually saying is because Yusuke said to him, you're a very strong guy. And he's just like, strength doesn't win fights. Skills does. You have skills. I have character and determination. That didn't win it. Skills wins fights. So that's what he was trying to say. He was yeah. actually bigging him up. Yeah. But it, when you just see that short clip of him saying, how did you beat me? It looks like he's saying, you, I'm way better than you. But that's not what he was doing. So it was mad. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, he did look like he was malfunctioning there for a bit. It was just so, sort of like, I mean, the adrenaline and, you know, being smacked around for, for like, you know, I mean, being in that environment alone is just going to be enough to sort of mess with your brain. What's that thing? Is it CTE or something? CTE, like yeah. And you go through like a range of emotions. And yeah, yeah. So like it's, um, it's basically like a, an effect that a concussion has on your brain that can, it, I mean, it's happened to loads of like uh, football players over in the NFL and they've ended up doing just like mad things. And it lasts, like can last the rest of your life. Like some people, there's a famous- um, Antonio Brown. Yeah, is he the one that killed yeah. the two people? Oh, no, 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 no not him. So 
<laughs> oh no, there's a Netflix thing about Did you watch that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That a... was mad. Yeah. I mean, it was. Do you know? Do you know what really wound me up? Leading up to the fight, like, I'm, I'm a big boxing fan, like, just, just, just full stop. But, um, it really wound me up leading up to the fight, like, people not giving Anthony Joshua the credit he deserves, you know. And look, I love Tyson Fury as well. Um, and it, it, it really. It's really wound me up the the sort of criticism that he's had over the last year. You know, people saying, "Oh, he's media trained. He's this and he's that." And it's like, I feel like whatever he, however he would have been, I don't think he could have won with some people. You know what I mean? I do believe, yeah. Um, and I think it, look after that that fight, he lost his head massively, oh, man, he lost and he, he took the moment away from Usyk, and he will regret that. And he was just absolutely all over the place. But I think that is a build up of people, a lot of people for the last year slating him, you know, um, saying yeah. he's not this and he's not that, when really for years he bought all, he fought all the best fighters, you know, he's absolutely flawless. Um, and he's probably thinking, oh, I achieved all this for British boxing and a lot of British boxing now is thriving because of because the foundations, of what, you know, Anthony Joshua built. That's and he's fact. probably thinking like, how the fuck? Why are all these people disrespecting me for everything I've done for this yeah. sport? You know, and it's probably that, all of that emotion re released, you know. And I, my heart went out to him massively, you know. Mm. Massively went out to him. And I hope he comes back and I would love, I'd absolutely love it. I'll be jumping all over the place if he come back and won a world title, you yeah, know. It's going to take a while. Probably It'll like take a, year, a while. Year, and year as and long as Usyk or Tyson Fury are there, He's probably not got the boxing skill to, to beat them unless he blows them out of there, which, you know, he couldn't do for Usyk and he's a lot smaller guy, so he might struggle for Fury. I just wonder why he didn't use his old style of just going in there and just taking the fight, like almost like a brawler type. Yeah, that's how I, it was to before. be honest, I think it, credit where credit's due, Usyk is, is just such a phenomenal fighter. He could not close the gap quick, quick with Usyk because Usyk... He's there in front of you. Then he's 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 pivoting, yeah, and then yeah. he's using that whole ring. He's he's literally. I mean, some of the angles at which Usyk was frying punches yeah. was like, brother, I'm Joshua remember, couldn't even see him. He was like, he was like for, a dancer, you know. Dude, like, for ever for every punch AJ threw, Usyk had like three punches from back. Yeah, and it and uh, the eighth and ninth round, especially, I was just like. Come on, you've got this. Like, yeah. AJ, you've got. And well, the ninth. He, oh he, my god, the ninth. I was like, come. I was yeah. screaming at the telly. I was like, fucking go ten. But that's that's just shows the mark of greatness of Usyk. In round ten, he had the best round he had oh. after just his worst round. You know, and and his engine Usyk was just it was just unbelievable. You could tell. I think Joshua was blowing a bit at the end. Mm. Um, you know, but it it's it's tough as well for someone like Anthony Joshua. He, he has been the man for years, mm. and it's he's he's not that anymore. Um, so I think that's also also difficult. But then a lot of people would argue, oh, he's a he's a multi millionaire, so he, you know. I hate when people use that. Yeah, argument. I was just say, did you see Usyk before the fight when Eddie Hearn was doing an interview, and he just sat down next to him and he was sort of like put his arm around him and was just having a bit of a laugh of him and and like no, Hearn didn't know what to do. He was just sort of like looking there like. He's a bit mad. He, he seems a bit mad. Bit, yeah, he? he's a bit nuts. And he just just said, uh, "I'm very feel." Yeah, he's a character. <laughs> I'm very feel. I love when he says that because he knows what he's doing. He yeah. plays off the fact that he's you know 
you know, foreign and no one yeah. understands him. He yeah. plays off that. Yeah. And and that kind of missed that mystery. He's a real enigma, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Usyk. It was interesting what Joshua said with that after speech, though. He was like, I mean, that's a side of him you don't really ever see when he was like, a bus case. You know, I, it was like... See, this is why I say, when people say like, you know, like he is media trained. He is. Because the inner road man came out. And we were not prepared. Nah, he was so <laughs> road, wasn't he? No one was. Prepared. But do you know what the trouble is, Bubba Tony? I think, like, well, what if he weren't media trained and he was that road all the time? People would moan about that. Of course they would. You know what I mean? They was. I I I feel like I really feel passionately that he's just not had the credit he deserves, and I don't know why. You know, people people don't love him because he's done he's done so much good for that sport, and he he has been a great role model because he was a he was the guy who was on road. Do you know what I mean? But he turned his life around, mm. and that's that's a great role model for me. Mm-hmm. Someone that really turned it around and you know achieved what he has. You sort of always known that that Joshua's had like that other side to him, but it's just never come out in public before. But do you remember there was like the gloves are off between Joshua and Dillian White. Dillian White. Dillian White was talking about he's not like this. Yeah, yeah. Did Dillian White say that? Or yeah, actually, yeah. he did. He, he was, was like, like, "This is an act." Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. he's just like he's not like this in real life. He's like, remember, I've been around him, and all right. This is my take on on that particular that kind of whole concept. Is this is why for me, I never allow people to dictate who I am and how I come across on like TV, especially because people fall in love with that and try to hold you to that. You know, with AJ, I just kind of compare him to like, let's say a Tyson who was very road, if we want to put it in that sense, but was a ferocious fighter. So you couldn't deny his greatness because whether you liked his personality or not, once he got in the ring, he did his job. Yeah. And that's what we respect. And I personally, if Joshua is who we who we saw post match i would prefer to see that all his throughout his whole career because then i'd be like okay well we're not phased we're not shocked brother he shocked black people (laughs) (laughs) he's in a road man shocked black people we were like nah bro don't do that like we were like don't go full road you don't go full road like he went full road and we were like brother whoa 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 really in really in like because all we're thinking is sponsorships and then like all this type of stuff is just like, brother, he's going out sad. That's how it seemed. Yeah. That's how it seemed. But then when you kind of like looked in like looked at it properly, it's just like, okay, he he just he had an outburst. He was like, he was like it's his cousin. He's like, Where's my cousin at? G fourteen. Yeah. That was that must be yeah. a gang. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a gang in it. He's like, G fourteen, but like I was like, what I, I mean, even I knew that was a fucking gang, you know what I mean? People saying they thought it was gonna start MC and Oh no man. He tried he's you know saying he like he 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 had to reel it back. Like he 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 did kind of reel it back because then he started coming out with like the hip hip parades. Oh <laughs> Mate, it was listen, it was all over the gaff on it at the end of the day. He, <laughs> yeah, he was like, G14! What? And then like something in his brain's like, hip hip parade! <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I'm just like, I would have preferred to see the, the road man from the beginning. But mm. I was looking at his sponsors the other day JD, Under Armour, Hugo Boss, Audemars Piquet. 
if he's rode, none of them are sponsoring him, are they? Which, which is, I think, is more reflection on them. What do you mean? Like, as in, I don't think they would have more willingly if he if he'd always been like how he was as okay. he'd done after. I don't if he yeah if he spoke so you know I don't know uh, um, how would you say so abruptly and 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 in that manner where he's you know he's like he's shouting at his cousin and stuff like that. <laughs> are are, are Aldemar PK are Hugo Boss are they going to be sponsoring him? I don't think they would do. It's a hard one, but then because they because it because him being media trained is very corporate, you know, and they're very corporate companies. I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I think it depends, though, because like you know, these companies they follow like where the money is, you know. And if you're the biggest boxer in the world, which at one point he was kind of there, he was the biggest heavyweight at one point. But look at Tyson Fury, like with all the mad stuff Tyson Fury says. He doesn't really have any of those yeah, big doesn't. legitimate sponsors. Mm. He has, uh, I mean, some of the people that sponsor him, I think there's one Eat Italy or whatever. It's like an Italian restaurant. Like He doesn't have the Hugo <laughs> Bosses, the Audemars PKs that want to sponsor him because as much as he is the best heavyweight in the world at the moment, without a doubt. He's not your clean he's, cut. He's not, he of... doesn't fit that brand. Yeah, All right, but then you look at their fan base and who has the bigger fan base? Oh, no, AJ does have the bigger fan base. But who who the, who but do the people... But does AJ have the bigger fan base now? I don't know if he does anymore. He does not now, but like, all right. So as much as I may be like, yeah, Tyson Fury, you're not like the clean cut, you know, British champion that people love, but you're true to... And I'm not saying this about Joshua. I'm just saying about like, just in contrast, like... Tyson Fury is true to himself you know he calls himself the gypsy king yeah you know what comes with that and even when he went through his own mental breakdown you know alcohol and all of this kind of like depression and all of that kind of stuff it's like it's a it, you can relate to that I can relate to 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 that depression cycle or maybe not relate I've never been depressed or anything but I can just relate to your story more. yeah you're being true to yourself. But when it comes to AJ, I'm not saying he's not being true to himself, but what I've seen and what I I saw post-match, two different ages. Two different things, yeah. And, two and different. I, I mm. didn't want to admit that. Like, people always go to, he's been being fake or whatever. I'm like, no, like, he's, he's just being a professional. And I love boxers that are like Tyson Fury that talk shit, but I also loved AJ, the fact that he was professional. You know what I mean? Yeah, same. And that he did... That's why I'm such a huge fan of him. Yeah. But then when I saw that... I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm like, okay, brother. And, and I suppose, you know, a big thing with him always used to be stay humble, you know, and... <laughs> I think, listen, that's, that's easy said to done when you're fucking winning, you know what I mean? Mm. But where obviously when it's not going your way, yeah, that's, that's it's hard. Do you want to know uh, what... Tyson Fury, who Tyson Fury is sponsored by. Um, uh, I think these two main sponsors are Fashion Nova. Yeah. Fashion Nova? Yeah. Okay, interesting. And uh, Wow Hydrate, a sports, wow Hydrate. <laughs> a sports water drink. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think these are the two. And a Marbella retail company called Lund Group. Uh, so yeah, you're right, I guess, to, to a certain extent. If you're unpredictable in what you're going to come out with and what you're going to yeah. say, then you're not going to be getting these sort of sponsors because they don't want to take the risk. Of course they don't. It's like it's like comedy. It's like, com you know, it's like comedy now on TV, like we was talking about the other week. You know, they sort of don't want to be... 
know any, but any bad news it, stories. But then is it about the sponsorships and the money or is it about... Is, is it about is it about being like the people's champion as well as the champion? Yeah. I mean, listen, I think ideally you'd want both. Mm. Um, and I'd say for a while, Anthony Joshua was, was he both. He was, 100%. He was, you know. Still is to I some. Mean, he still is he, like Every my fight of Anthony Joshua's was a stadium fight. It was Millennium Stadium, Wembley Stadium. It's not now. You know, if he has a comeback fight, it's going to be the O2, isn't it? Yeah. That's still big. It's still big. <laughs> still massive. Listen, thinking about it, I'm like, hold on. <laughs> That's Listen, massive. Yeah. I mean. Is the O2, what's bigger? O2 or Wembley? Someone in here has actually played the O2. So come maybe on, they can tell <laughs> No, O2 is like, we're standing, I think like 14,000. You're like not performing it. So you, when I say no. the O2, you was on the Black British takeover yeah, last yeah, year. yeah. You won't do it again this no, year? No, not this year. No, no. no. He, he switches up the lineup, which I think is good because there's some... 20,000 the yeah. O2. 20,000 with standing. I believe oh, so. Just, okay, cool. Richard Blackwood's on this year. Yeah. Yeah, legend. He's the king, man. Um, It's hard, man. Because like I say, I've seen it with like other people that I know that are in the industry. I know quite a few. And I've seen, once you get media trained, you see the difference. They're trying to stay on the right path to keep getting these checks. Yeah. And though that's cool, I've got a good friend called Poet. He's like a presenter. And he, I remember he just broke it down. He was just like, bro, like culture is what sells. You want to play the industry game, you can do that. But once that fails you, don't blame the industry because they're about what they're about. They're about making money. And once you fall off that track, they're done with you. Yeah. But culture, if you're always selling culture, like your culture, you're being authentic, then they can, the, the industry can never take anything away from you because you're bringing everything. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the difference with like Fury. He brings that whole gypsy culture yeah. to the forefront. Yeah. So he is their king. You get what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, Plus yeah. then it makes other people go, Maybe I don't want to be a gypsy, but they might not say that, but they'll just be like, yeah, okay. I, 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 yeah, I, speak I for yourself, mate. <laughs> no, but they'll be like, I mess with it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? I so, mean, I would say a big thing with Tyson Fury is that definitely made, uh, you, you know, like I think people look differently towards the traveler community. The traveler, yeah, yeah. Like as in, because Tyson Fury's the man, everyone loves Tyson Fury. You know, I think before, I remember like growing up, like of just, being scared of travellers, all honesty, bro. like just just petrified. Like I remember being in, I remember oh, I used to do a bit of boxing when I was younger. I'd done this gym show, and there was loads of traveller kids there, and I was just like absolutely petrified of them. Yeah, right. I remember being in a in a in a in a queue for a, a club round here called New Bar in Loughton, um, and there was some traveller boys behind us, and I remember just thinking, oh, I don't, don't even turn around. Like, yeah, I was just petrified. <laughs> I was just so petrified. And they was off trying to talk, like, like trying to have a laugh and like talk to me. We had some in uh, Tottenham. There's like a community of travellers. Really, once, Tottenham? Yeah, 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 the small one, very small, like back roads and stuff like that. Once you hear, "Hey, man, you want to fight?" It's just like, "No, no, 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 no." I know what you guys are about, boy. Yeah. All of you lot can fight, fight. So, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he brings that authentic culture to the forefront, and. It's, I don't know. It's just different. It's just, It was the same with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson used to tell people, I'll, I'll eat your kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll take, take your life. Yeah, I'll take your life. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? He'll be like, I'm about to tear your whole head off. He brought that, like, where is he from? The Bronx or Brooklyn? He's from... I think he's from the Bronx. Let me double yeah. check that. Well, he brought that... No, he's from Brownsville. Oh, he's from Brownsville. So, so it's Brooklyn. He brought that whole yeah. street vibe to boxing. So people were petrified before they even got into the ring. So it was yeah. that, like... He's from Fort Greene, Brooklyn, yeah. Brooklyn, yeah. So it's just like, come on, man. AJ, you're from Watford, you know? Yeah. <laughs> come on, brother. Come on, yeah. bro. Yeah. Yeah, man. Dillian like... White. Look at Dillian White. Dillian Mate, White. He's Dillian from White. Brixton, bro. He's Dillian a White, <laughs> I would say, Dillian White, he's, he might just be my favourite boxer, other than Johnny Fisher, the Romford Bowl. I love Dillian White. Right, Dillian White. He's just, he's just so him, isn't he? Yeah. He's like... And the way he says August, says Argos. Argos, yeah, because yeah, he's Jamaican, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but Argos, I love it. Yeah. But I, I, I just think he's, I think he's great. And uh, but people love Dillian White for that. I mean, oh, he's yeah. lost a few fights, but you know, people love him because he's, he's just, he's just raw, isn't he? Yeah, he's raw, man. Raw with it. So what's um, what's the what's the future for you? The future of for Bubba Sunday? I mean, there there is a tour. I've got my tour next year. It starts um, end of January. Uh, beginning of February kind of lasts for five months. Um, what some of the venues you then? Oh, Leicester Square Theatre. Nice. Yeah, Stoller Hall in Manchester. Uh, we moved to the bigger um, uh, venue in Birmingham. I think it's the Academy, O2 Academy in Birmingham because tickets were selling out really, really well. That's wicked. Yeah, really. Like every time we would do like put on 100 seaters in um, Birmingham, they just kept selling. So, Glee moved us to their bigger capacity that sold out to the point where they were just like, let's just do another venue yeah, that's yeah, bigger yeah. to hold everybody. So we did that. Um, so yeah, that's the, the the tour coming up and hopefully some acting, man. I want to get back into acting, man. Yeah. You know I mean, I've got a few things in mind to write, like I was talking to you about earlier. Yeah. So yeah, going to try to get back into writing, going to get try to get back into acting, but mainly tour that's the thing right now when's the lesser square date that has not been released yet because right. of the, we're doing the whole second leg we're, we've changed the dates because everything got you'll have to tell we tell me after when yeah. it is so i can come i'll make yeah. sure that it's but first. everyone will know it'll be out on live nation um just type in bubba to there let's say you get your tickets hey so. you got your exciting year next year yeah yeah man I next year's your year Oh, hopefully, God yeah, willing, man. Right, I, you definitely. never know, man. I could do the tour and everyone it just get terrible reviews, you know. What I'm nah. <laughs> so I don't know, but nah, next year's your year. I hope so, man. I hope where's so. uh, where's your favorite place to perform, like outside of London? Manchester, man. Yeah, Manchester. The, the vibe up there is yeah, crazy. Sick, crazy. Yeah, the nightlife. I never knew. Yeah, I never knew. It's great for nightlife, man. Oh, awesome, awesome. Birmingham's Did you a bit do, rougher. Is the Manchester Apollo up there? Yeah, the O2. The O2, yeah, yeah, yeah. or it's, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but that's yeah, the, that, done that, that demo. One, yeah, we yeah. did that. That was amazing. We did like five nights up there. Five nights? Mm, yeah, five nights. Did you go there. out up there? Yeah, a bit. No, not all the time, but a no. bit. Went to one club, just chilled out, Um, called Yours. Right. Went there, chilled. It was a chill night, and then just literally like... Because it was like, we would always be driving from city to city. Yeah. There really was no time to like be partying and no. doing all that kind of stuff. So we- You're only planning for it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You know, plus <laughs> Javan, who was the tour manager, 
when when he would allow us to go out, the next day he'd be speeding down the motorway and that was scary. So it was just like, brother, let's just go bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, not really. But um man, we'll see what my tool holds, man. Right. We'll Tom, next year's a big year for you. I'm I'm hundred percent sure about that. And uh yeah, mate, like I said, when I see you at Hammersmith Apollo, I was like, oh, this, this guy's fucking wicked, mate. So I'm so grateful that you've done this this podcast. Oh, thank you. And thank um, you yeah, really appreciate it, mate. Yeah, man, definitely, definitely. Bless up, man. Yeah. Bless, Where can people find you? Um, social medias, uh, Instagram, Bubba Tunde Comedian, and on Twitter, Bubba Tunde Comedy. That's where people can find me. Yeah. And I'll be going to watch him next year. So I'll make sure you all get tickets when, uh, obviously, when they're released and that'll all be on your socials and that, wouldn't it? Yeah, so, definitely. yeah. But thanks again, mate. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and bro. thank you to Salvatore Bacconi. Yes. Thank you, both. My <laughs> producer. And um, yeah, listen, guys, you know what to do by now. You've been great, actually. We're getting loads of reviews on the, on the Spotify and on the Apple Podcasts. Um, I think we're over uh, over a hundred now on Spotify, which mm-hmm. is unbelievable. And they're all five stars. It's just like so we're doing something right, obviously. Um, and obviously each week, like the numbers are climbing, aren't they, Salvatore? We're yep. doing all right, mate. So please keep on sharing this and getting it out there. We've got no PR, so you putting those reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and sharing it to your friends and family. That is this means the world. It means we can keep on doing it. So yeah. So thanks so much for listening again, guys, and uh, we'll see you all next week. 